and welcome once again to Stargirl Podcast. This is Lizzie and I'm here with Angie. And we are going to be talking about the Justice Society of America. That's the name of the episode. So super exciting. Um, but we just wanted to warn you before we got into the meat of the episode that we are now officially team old people. Okay. <laughs> we apologize. But this is the way it's going to go because... Uh, watching this episode, I found myself thinking, why don't these kids listen to Pat? The so- amount of disrespect that was being thrown around to these adults, it is unacceptable. And one particular adult, unacceptable. He deserves so much better. And honestly, the kids, um, I will say in general, the episode works so much better than the previous one, I thought. Um, I agree. They- yeah, they all like click together. Like they were being dialed up to a hundred in the previous episode, maybe to make us feel who they were. Especially Beth and Rick. And this mm-hmm. episode, they were more like allowed to just be the character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I've there's a lot. I've... There's a lot of parent feelings in this episode. That that's one of the recurring feelings that I have in this series so far but certainly in this one for sure i was siding with the parents god i never thought i'd be here i never thought we'd get here but yeah i uh texted lizzie when i was watching this episode and i said well i guess i'm officially an old because that's (laughs) that's just how i felt i was like my age is showing like i'm really appreciating these parents whether they're like on the villain side or on the hero side, I'm like, okay, parents, you go. I'm on your side. God, right? But yeah, I mean, maybe it is also because we really like Pad. Um, Pad is, a, I think, a really good character. I think he also reacted in a normal way. Um, he didn't go overboard, but like he looked like his disappointed face was so on point. I was oh, like, are you talking about when he confronted Courtney about her taking everything from the museum? Right. His disappointed face. Yeah, that was OK. I don't know about you, but it's way worse to me when one of my parents is disappointed in me versus just like straight up yelling at me. And that's what I thought about Pat. I was like, this is so much worse. The fact that he's like just so disappointed in her actions. Like, I thought you respected me at least a little bit. It was like, ugh, dagger to the heart right there. No, and when he said, I thought we were together on this, I really did. I was like, (laughs) God. And and it is true. She was keeping a lot from him and she felt justified. Um in keeping it from him but uh i mean i don't think she ever stopped to look at it from his point of view Mm -hmm. and there's a lot there's a lot actually to unpack from that scene first i thought it was so funny that the staff tried to hide from pat like when it like rolled itself under the bed yeah is this staff also a teenage girl like i'm getting that feeling from this (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I think the staff was like, that wasn't me. I'm innocent. Like, if it, it was all her, like, I'm like, please don't take it out on me. Um, it's just like I, rolling under the bed, but then like pointing at Courtney, like, you talk to her. It wasn't me. Yeah. And also, like, this is 
completely unrelated, but I thought Pat was looking real good this episode. I don't know He's what was going always on. always looking really... You know what it is? It must be that disappointed face because, like, we're still yearning <laughs> for acceptance from our parents. God. <laughs> so yeah. that disappointed face is just, like, really attractive. <laughs> I don't know what I, I spent the entire episode being like, mm, this is the best, the best Pat has looked. And I don't, I don't even know what was going I, on. Oh No, I know what it is. It's because he's being more stern and he's putting his foot down and saying like, listen, this is what's happening. And we're like, listen, yes. <laughs> I mean, he is the adult. I mean, she pretends to listen, but like, I mean, let's give Courtney a little bit of credit. She was the best of the teenagers in this episode which is super hard for Courtney because she's never good at following anything but you can tell that she was a feeling bad about abandoning Pat about not doing what he wants like he she wanted to do what Pat wanted her to do she just couldn't find a way um because she's very bad at the sell she as bad as she was at the selling she was at trying to take the items away once she'd already given them um Um, yeah God, Courtney. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm just, she felt like she, for the first time, I think, it felt to me like she really cared about Pat's opinion on this. Yeah, I think it's a slow progression. And certainly there's going to be like more of a build up to that, especially if we fast forward all the way to the end of the episode where she's like, oh, this that I'm feeling, it's exactly what Pat's been feeling this whole time. So I think that's a natural um, uh, progression for this season is just her and Pat continuing to get closer and closer and closer. And then she'll call him dad at some point and then we'll cry. I mean, I wanted in the scene at the end when they were talking and he was that scene at the end might have been my favorite scene of Stargirl. <laughs> Till now, because she was like when she was complaining about all of Mm -hmm. them and how they didn't listen to her and Mm -hmm. how bad it was and how worried Mm -hmm. she was. And he was all like, "Mm -hmm. see how it feels. And then she finally got it. Like the the final like shot that went from Pat to court and back. Uh Uh I sort of I sort of was like, oh, can you hug him? And then then I was like, (laughs) too soon. I can't. You were like, can you hug him? Wait, can I hug him? Because yes. he's looking really good. I mean, it would have been a very different type of hug. But yes. <laughs> uh, I still I still want to talk about that lantern because it keeps being brought up. And it right. was even in that shot where it's like the shot of like the stuff on Courtney's bed when Pat was first confronting Courtney how it's our man's gear next to the Dr. Midnight gear next to the Green Lantern gear. So I feel like that is a huge foreshadowing that a lantern is probably coming sooner than we thought. Right. Um, I mean, we, they were really, really sketchy with announcing casting for the show in general. We had to guess a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. And I mean, they haven't announced anyone that we, I could say, look, this person could be playing so-and-so, but they could, like, throw us a curveball at the last minute and bring someone in at maybe the end of the season. I don't know. Yeah, because I think all the kids are accounted for as far as, like, who their parents are and what potentially their powers could be. Oh, my God, Cameron. Girl. But but Cameron, like, I mean. No, 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 I mean, like, we saw his 
little hint of ice powers this episode. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so we know it's not him, but that was also pretty exciting. I know we're like bouncing around in different parts, but it's because there was so much. There were so was, many details in this episode to unpack. It, it was unreal. It, it was such a good episode. It balanced the villains and it balanced the heroes. I thought the balance of the four main core JSA for now was really good in this episode. Um, which, again, last episode it wasn't as good. But this episode, it almost felt like they were a team, even when they were doing, like, dumbass stuff. <laughs> Uh, I can say ass, by the way. Oh, yeah, we got permission from our producer to say ass. ass. So we're going to take advantage, ass vantage, (laughs) of being able to say it. Right, because they were all being dumbasses. Let's be honest. Starting with Rick. Like, Rick, my precious child, you were a ball of anger um, last episode, and now you're what? super confident like how do you get there now you're like i'm like i got this i'm gonna break down a door i'm gonna do everything i'm gonna take on the bad guys like dial it down the white mailing you dial it down like five notches (laughs) i was just gonna say like it must be amazing to just operate with that amount of confidence in yourself all the time because we were given no hint of him having any sort of like fight training at all but he just rushed in there like he was the boss and he was owning it and he wasn't ready for it right like he was and also like he was the leader of the team because Courtney was all like follow my lead and he was like yeah 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 and then he got his ass kicked (laughs) which he deserved basically it was a good lesson for him yeah they all have that entire mission that they did by themselves was a mess from beginning to end and I'm hoping to see their next mission now that Pat is going to be involved hopefully it will go a lot more smoothly and they'll be able to like see the difference with like actual leadership among their team and cooperation like these are all basic things you need to be superheroes but they're they're still learning clearly and obviously like they also need fight training together because it's one thing like Yolanda can throw down obviously but like still you need to be able to like support and assist with your team members too in a fight it's not just protecting and always being aggressive isn't a great plan either so it's finding they all need to just find a balance I think uh, I agree. And they need to find a way to use Dr. Midnight. So she's not just standing around like, um, <laughs> where do I point my goggles to? Because it felt like she didn't she didn't know what she... she um, she's probably very useful in battles, but they didn't know how to use her. And they did also didn't know how to combine their powers, like you were saying, to maximize what each of them could do. It was like... Mm-hmm. Uh, Rick turned the hourglass around and he's like, I'm just going to go punch things without even thinking about it. And then he got his ass kicked by Sportsmaster. Like, do you know how much, like, that's that's like the lowest you can fall, probably. Uh, even though, Aww. even though. Poor Sportsmaster. I'm going to take a backdoor Sportsmaster episode that we did and we trashed on Sportsmaster a lot in our season zero. But I will say that that sportsmaster costume like the whole look worked for me much better than i thought it would like i can't even believe i'm saying this 
I know. I can't believe that I'm saying that. I think he's pretty cool. Like, I really enjoyed all the different uh, moves and pieces of equipment that he had. Like, we, we joked a lot about how dumb it would be for him to just, like, start flinging, like, a hockey puck and then like a basketball and then like a badminton racket like we had we, we had no idea we were just kind of like making fun of the of uh, making fun of like the potential visuals of it but it actually turned out pretty cool i'm impressed uh, me too and then the way um they work together uh, it all really worked and i actually really enjoyed sportsmaster out of the costume like the overbearing dad and the overbearing mom, like looking at their kid be better than everyone, and like no one can appreciate it. And like I know they did super villains, okay? They took it too far, but like at the beginning when they were just like look at her, and then she got tackled late, and then everyone was like, oh, I was mad with them. I was like, don't make me agree with the villains here. No, I. I am seriously just, like, considering adopting them as my parents. Like, (laughs) I wrote down, I love these parents after they just, like, went after the coach in the parking lot. I was like, oh, my gosh. They are so serious about their daughter succeeding. I kind of love it. And also, like, on a personal note, the visual Mm -hmm. of seeing, like, an interracial couple and their child because... Like, my parents actually look kind of like her parents, Artemis's parents, because I also have a blonde white dad, and my mom is Asian, my mom's Korean. So, like, I don't get to see that visual a lot, especially in superhero, like, movies and shows. So seeing that in, like, a DC Comics environment, I was so tickled. I just, I am, I am adoring that dynamic of how they're those two uh, mom and dad characters are working together and still being like, okay, sweetie, we're going to go out for a date night. Right? But maybe you're doing your curls and your chin ups and Sam, like, I don't know what they were saying, but like, cause I don't do those kind of workouts, but like the fact that they're still giving her the like, okay, be safe, make sure you do all of this kind of talk, even though they're super villains. I just, it was so good. It, that was that I was gonna bring up that scene because it was so good. They hit, I mean, to work, Sportsmaster. Like it always had to be borderline ridiculous, and they hit the perfect note because it is borderline ridiculous. But in a way, we sort of feel like oh, instead of in a way where we're like oh, mm-hmm. it, it, it's very very. It's a tone thing, and they had to get it just right, and they did. And I didn't think they could, despite how many things the show had done right. I was, like, a little worried about this. And then that just makes it, and then the entire family. Like, do do they have to be villains for sure? Can we, like, I know, because they're so supportive. Right? Like, can, can we get the like, kid at least? <laughs> right? Can we get her? Like, I love her because she's she's allowed to be the best athlete. She's allowed to be the best at what she's doing, even when she's surrounded by guys. And everyone is that's looking, um, that's side-eyeing them or whatever, is doing it because the parents take it a step too far. Not because no one's questioning if she's good, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I I am so 
impressed with this Artemis character already. I just want to see more from her. I love that she is so good at what she does and how she's literally like fighting for her spot on the team. Like she punched someone and her parents supported it. And I loved it. Right. Uh, I mean, for villains, I mean, I think they're doing such a good job of this is what these people are like, just like they do with superheroes. They're like, well, this is what they are on the job as superheroes and after or before or like regular lives. And and you don't usually get that with the villains. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're doing a very good job of it with the villains. Um even though they haven't tried with all of them, I guess you could say they're trying um, with the kids in particular. Mm-hmm. Like, we know the next episode is called Shiv. So that's all going to go, you know, where. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I just, I, I, would, I would take three or four or five more episodes fighting Sportsmaster. And I, I apologize to you, Sportsmaster, for everything <laughs> I've said before i didn't know what i was saying i just want them to adopt me i want to be like super fit and be able to like punch stupid people who try to like hold me back and be supported in my like it's so great and i love how sportsmaster calls everyone kid it was giving me like han solo vibes too so all yeah. in all, the Sportsmaster Tigress scenes, even when they were separated, they were all very good. I want them to be my parents. Yeah, I never I've I've focused on the Sportsmaster because I talk trash about him, but her Tigress, uh the whole thing about um the trash that she told uh the gambler was very good. Mm. Her face was like oh, I'm, she scared me a little. Yeah, and I was worried when they first cast Tigress as an Asian woman because there is like the whole tiger mom stereotype. And I was like worried about what they were going to do potentially with that. But this still seemed like very respectful. Like she was just ferocious. Right. It it didn't seem to be leaning into the stereotype. In fact, he was leaning more into the stereotype than she was. I agree. Um, Mm hmm. Which was probably, I, I would like to believe, was a choice. Um, but they were ro- just really good together. The two actors have a lot of chemistry. Like, you can actually believe them as a married couple that sort of likes each other and loves their kid. Mm-hmm. Which is so much more than you can say for villains in general. But even for couples on TV sometimes. Yeah, that's true. Like, there seems to actually be, like... Again, like, of course, I'm not condoning, you know, people actually like threatening their kids coaches or anything. But it is indicative of like, even supervillains can love and support their kids. Right. And and I think they sort of showed the best side of the injustice society. We saw the worst side, like, because the injustice society has some issues among themselves. Um, which is good. We don't want them to like bond and be all together and everything. We want the JSA to do that. Um, and um, we talked about it earlier, like the JSA sort of gelled together better this episode. And I think it was all because this episode kind of showcased the ways they can sort of build each other up. I mean, it didn't do it well because they, they aren't there yet. 
but like if you look beyond the surface you can see how these kids can bring the best out in each other starting with mm. Yolanda's whole like you believed in me thank you for believing in me and I was like how are you gonna take the thing away now for me never just walk away I know I love that Yolanda is very inspired now by Ted Grant how she was talking about um like how she was watching the old fights, which is actually, um, that's an Easter egg of Wildcat's origin story, isn't it? Which if you go back to our season zero yeah. where we talked about Wildcat, how um, they were accusing Wildcat of throwing a fight or something and yeah. hit, fixing a fight basically. And that's straight out of his origin story. So that was a fun little detail in there too. Yeah, it, it feels like they're taking very good care of the source material, but adapting it in a way, I mean, comic book adaptations haven't exactly been faithful or the best, um, especially on TV. Um, and it just feels good to sort of be in this weird position where you're like, I sort of trust this show to know what they're doing comics wise um, in adapting this. Um, and I, I do think I was a little, I'm not going to lie. I'm just a little like, how do our man, Dr. Midnight, uh, Stargirl, like, how do these, in Wildcat, how do these four exactly, how do you pick them? Why? How do they come together? Um, and, but then when you introduce the characters, it sort of makes sense. Again, I I thought I, I, had, I had more trouble with Rick in the past episode. He just was a mm. ball of anger. And I was having a hard time connecting. But then with the, the anger dialed back down a little, um, it, it was easier. Maybe because I, I felt like we needed that, that moment with Pat. I really felt mm-hmm. like we needed it. Uh, Pat needed to go and be like, I knew your dad. And even though we knew Rick was going to be sort of an asshole because Rick. Um, but... <laughs> <laughs> yes, now I'm gonna like use it everywhere. Sorry, Andy, you created a monster. <laughs> when you give us just a little bit of freedom, we're gonna take it. I didn't when Rick told Pat in that scene, as far as I can tell, you don't do anything. I was like <gasps> I was like clutching my pearls. Like, how dare you talk to my Pat like that? That is my right. man right there. We will not tolerate this disrespect. No. Right? In fact, in this, he was very disrespectful. I think he had to be to sort of set up what they wanted to set up at the end. But when Courtney was trying to defend him and she was like, there's more to Pat than you know. I was like, this is how it starts. (laughs) Right? I was like, I was super emotional about her trying to defend Pat. And then when Pat shows up at the end to like scare, like he does absolutely nothing other than scare (laughs) them away with his cool toy. Um, and then have the kids be like, what? Um, mm. And then Courtney was like, he's with us. And I was like. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to end up crying so much just because of Luke Wilson. How dare he? Does he know what he's doing to us? I know he doesn't. But <laughs> it's just he I was thinking about it Um, on Sunday that was Father's Day, I was like, this is very, as a surrogate father, um, Mm -hmm. it's not something that shows, we're not even going to talk just comic book shows, shows in general do well. Um, 
And also, let's talk a moment to talk about Barbara and Mike. Because oh, that was beautiful. It I was. And it was like the first time we see Mike outside of the house. So, like, that was really important, too, because you see him, like, just, like, be a character on his own. And the fact that they took advantage of that to foster a connection with him and Barbara, oh, that was in the feels, too. It, it was so good. It was very indicative, I thought, of Barbara as a mom because she saw right through Mike saying that he didn't want them there. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I mean, Pat didn't, but then again, Pat was worried about Courtney. It's like they, they're taking care of each other's kids for a moment here. Yeah. Like it's all turning around because, I mean, Pat has a lot on his mind. Though I'm sure if Mike had said, I need you, he would have found a way. Um, he was. Well, it's, yeah, it's just kind of showing how like they're not seeing it anymore as like, oh, Courtney is Barbara's kid and Mike is Pat's yeah. kid. Yeah. They're thinking of it like, oh, these are our kids. So, like, one goes off to help the other one when they need it. Like, whoever's available is going to go, you know? Right. And and that bodes really well for the dynamic, especially considering we're just on episode six. We're a little, like, almost midway through the season, which feels insane because it really has been all set up till mm-hmm. now. And now it feels like we're just going to go full speed ahead towards the end yeah and there's it's so crazy because they're still setting up so much even though we're halfway through because in that like science fair scene there's a family that gets lingered on that mike looks at and i'm thinking that's his friend jackie that he was referring to before and we also got like the pen lingered on again too so it's like we're meant yeah. to look at these like lingering details, but when is the payoff going to be? Because we still hardly know what the like big plan of this season is. We know that they have codes now, so they have equipment, they have codes, but like, what are they going to do with it? We still don't know. And and also something that I mean, I think we figured when we heard that we were going to get the Injustice Society that we were not actually going to get rid of the Injustice Society in season one. Like, they might, like, win against whatever the Injustice Society is planning um, because comic books, you know, superhero shows. But I would be very shocked if somehow season one was like, well, now we have defeated the Injustice Society. <laughs> I, I don't think that's the way it's going to go. So there are a lot of stories, especially because you have the parents and then you have the kids. So you have Uh a a lot of problems there. Yeah. And I think we're kind of getting a sense of how dangerous they are in, in the injustice society. Because for example, like the gambler, we kind of thought of him as this like ridiculous Colonel Sanders kind of character but he's dangerous even though he has no physical powers like we see a dead body and that kind of like sobers up the kids for a moment because it's it's serious even when you don't have physical powers it doesn't mean that you're not dangerous and that's a hard lesson that they had to learn real quick in this episode right um but I think it's a good lesson because sort of Courtney already sort of got the lesson and Pat already sort of got the lesson. Not that I think Pat needed it again, 
Um, but these new kids came in with like, oh, we got like superhero suits. Though, so I'm just gonna take an aside and ask, where did Pat hide the suits? Because Courtney <laughs> found them right away. So whatever you hit, Pat, get better hiding places for the love of God. Didn't um, we see him stick them in a drawer or something? Um, maybe he, yeah, I think we saw them, he saw, we saw him stick them in the same place, he always hides everything, which oh Courtney clear, clearly knows about, because when they were like, we need suits, she found them right away. It's like With like, it's next to his adorable file folders, like his oh, manila God. folders. <laughs> oh, God. God. And also that little notebook from, from Rick's dad. It's like, who puts their name on the front of their notebook? That's such a nerdy thing to do. God, nerds. Did you notice that there are, like, significant pages ripped out of that notebook? Yeah. Yeah, so, like, that's probably going to come into play later, too. Like, they're going to have to figure out some kind of, you know, f- whatever formula is in their wherever these missing pages are is probably going to complete something that they're going to need later. Like, again, there is so much setup. It is so hard to keep track of all these different moving parts that are being set up. Right. And I, I, for some reason felt like that would have something to do with Rick's uncle. Um, I don't know why, because I mean, I just, I, I thought the, previous episode uh episode five this is such a good job of setting him up as an asshole and then i mean i know they don't have to bring it up again and again and again but they've sort of set up the parental figures as these very specific things and we haven't seen them we haven't seen yolanda's parents again we haven't seen uh we didn't see rick's um uncle again we haven't seen beth's parents again so i mean i don't think they took the time to set them up as the things they are for no reason. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, absolutely. Absolutely. There's never there's never a character who's just there for no reason. You know what I mean? Like, even though right. we may think they're, like, unnecessary, they're there for a purpose to move something along. So who else would have access to the journal out, outside of Pat? Right? Like, how who tore those pages out and when? Because if Rex tore them out to hide them, potentially Matt finds them somewhere in the house. Maybe. I don't know. And also, how did Pad get the journal? Or is the journal something that's been in the JSA headquarters for a while that Rex didn't have with him when he died? Because if not, how does Pad get it? Um, It makes no sense. That's a good point. Yeah, maybe it's not Rex's, like, nighttime journal that he writes in and, like, puts on his little nightstand at the end of the evening. It's probably a different, like, this is his work journal, like, the one he keeps at HQ, probably. But then if it's a work journal, why was there a whole story that was, according to Rick, wrong about how he met um, his mom? First of Mm. all, why would the story be wrong? Like, someone... Or maybe the story is not wrong. Maybe Rick is the one that has wrong information. But why would that be? Which ties back to who is Rick's mom? <laughs> yes. Why, did she, mom? why did she run away with uh, Rex? Like, what was going on? Because she didn't seem to have powers. But who knows at this point? Well, we got... Um... 
We got tagged in a tweet earlier last week about um, Rick's mom and how her name, Wendy Harris, so her um, her name before she got married. I don't know if she put, changed her name to Mrs. Tyler, actually. I don't know. But let me see if I can find that. Do you remember reading that? Yeah, I remember tweet? reading that. But I also remember... Some, well, we don't know. We don't know if it's been... Um, proven or because the show has done a really good job of not confirming anything like i said like we speculated for a long time who even stella smith was playing um because we and she probably got for a year 20 million messages asking her to confirm something that she couldn't confirm because the show hadn't confirmed it Mm -hmm. so i can't find it (laughs) because you know I love being organized but apparently not when it comes to this podcast but Wendy Harris was a character a DC character was it like super friends or something yeah yeah I found it It says um in case you missed it on Stargirl this week Rick Harris aka Rick Tyler's mom was Wendy Harris as in Wendy Harris of the super friends there Um, it is but the same person also replied uh, and said that they might be wrong because there's apparently a second Wendy Harris um, in the very old Hourman lore who actually is Rick Tyler's mom. But, oh. I mean, it could be the same Wendy Harris. We don't know what the show is going to do um, at this point. There's also a Wendy Harris, apparently, in Young Justice. So that's confusing. Oh. They're just... We're drowning in Wendy Harris's. But yeah, but like, I don't, I, are, it's so easy to pick a name. So I, I, I kind of want to believe that if someone like, because we could understand that the person in charge of this show is the big boss. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it's not like something's getting past him and someone picked the name Wendy Harris as a, a wink and he didn't notice. So I would like to believe that if they pick Wendy Harris as a name, it means something. I it mean, we, we don't know the name of, like, the, the Injustice Society and, and like, um, that has, like, we don't know half of the partners. We don't know. Like, I don't even remember if they mentioned um, Icicle's wife, her name. Um, oh, yeah, I like don't I, remember now. Like, I know she was there, but, like, I, that that it would be mentioned feels like it, it probably isn't just an Easter egg. Even though the show feels like it's been dropping a ton of Easter eggs, I do believe they're, they're, I do believe they're going to pay all of them off. I don't think they're just throwing things like that. That's true. And um, even like at the end of the episode, we found out that uh, the principal, Principal Bowen, is that her name? Yeah. Yeah, we found out that it was her husband who had the powers and yet here she is in the injustice society so it seems like what even if you're just married in once you're in the injustice society or the justice society like it is a lifestyle like you are adopted you are part of the group right um and i mean we talked about we recorded an episode that you guys haven't heard unless you were with us live on saturday we recorded an episode talking about the JSA members we'd like to see. Um, 
um, as part of the marathon. Um, we were raising money for Feeding America and we reached our goals. So even if you're listening in not the right order, thank you so much to everyone who donated. Uh, back to my point, we talked about the original JSA that we saw in the pilot and which of the, those people might end up coming back. And then that also brings up because those people could come back. Apparently they're significant others or they're long lost kids. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And they keep dropping references to the 1940s too. Did you notice that? The entry code to get in was 1941, and we've oh, seen yeah. a reference. To the, we saw a reference to the 40s in the previous episode with um, Charles McKnighter's birth date. So there's there's a lot of questions, obviously, that we have about like how how they're gonna bring like bring in and explain these characters from the 40s having been around in the 2000s. Like how. You can't right. just like drop that and not explain it. Because that mean if if the gambler was Dr. Midnight's main arch enemy, how is he st- like was he around in the 40s and so on with Dr. Midnight? Like when did they become arch enemies? Like how right. are they still around? Yeah, how do they look like 40 and not um well, significantly older, 80 or something? Um, did time stop? How did it stop? Why? Or where is Hootie? All the important questions we have. Where is Hootie? Uh, I will continue to say this. Justice for Hootie. Where is he? Right? Um, and also, I would think, like, Bed needs friends. I think Bed is probably going to be the one who is changed more by having people regularly in her life. Like, she even seemed more more like like confident and just walking around by the fact that she now had um the goggles and she had a friend like having a friend has changed her life um mm-hmm. so give her a hoodie like but don't make her blind like i'm drawing lines here okay yeah also okay i messed up the dates <laughs> charles mcnider's birth date was 1914 not 41 my bad oh. But my but point yeah, that, remains. How? Yeah, your, po- your point is how better now still? because <laughs> could he be 100? No. Wasn't the 40s when those Justice Society comics first started coming out? Oh, yeah, you're right. I think so. And, that's and also, a reference. I mean, that might just be an Easter egg, but that still doesn't explain how they're so old. Yeah. And it also doesn't explain. I mean, we also need an explanation of the items. How do the items have power? How are they passing power? So do they only pass power on to one person? Like, if someone else got got the goggles, would they suddenly become Dr. Midnight? Like, those are things we need to know. Mm-hmm. And yep. Courtney would probably need to know. And look, maybe they're not even big questions. Maybe Pat knows the answer. But someone should tell us. <laughs> I hate being in this state of wondering all the time. Right? But, like, we should just sit Pat down and be like, okay, Pat, Q&A session. Okay? <laughs> let's, let's do this, Pat. Um, let's do this. Which, honestly, they should all do, but especially Rick. Like, if he doesn't take advantage of someone who knew his dad, then, um, I don't know, this is not a comic book show. 
if he does yeah it. i think we're gonna get once rick kind of stops being so aggressively angry all the time i think there will be some sweet moments between him and pat um i i kind of feel like that's probably already starting i think the ass kicking did him well um, <laughs> you I, I need to keep a counter of how many times you've said ass <laughs> Hey, we're we're gonna do this thing now. Thank you, Andy. Um, but um, yes, I think um, I think it was good for Rick's character to, because I mean, I we know he's super powerful, um, but they sort of beat him in the dumbest ways. Um, even he, by he just needs to learn that power doesn't mean skill, right? I and learn that. And also, I think he needs to learn that he doesn't need to turn the hourglass till the best possible moment. Like, he could have walked in. Like, why are you maximizing your time, dude? When he did that, and he was still standing outside. I was like, wait, no. That's like five wasted minutes while you walk around. Why do you need power then? Uh, yes, I think... Uh... Time management skills is something that it's an important life skill that you need to learn. And he has yet to learn it. He's just like walking through the parking lot at full power. Like, what are you doing? Right. Like, I'm going to lift a car. And then Sportsmaster is like, okay, good for you, dude. But what are you going to do with it now? Like, <laughs> God, my baby rag. Um... But yeah, the, this episode had a lot of things, but one thing it again didn't have is any romantic vibe whatsoever between anyone. Good. Uh, which I'm, I'm really happy about. I would like to see these four kids come together as sort of a team, as sort of a family, without any of pesky romance getting in the way. Like, if they want to set up a romance in season two, I'm all for it. But right now, we could do without the show trying to push a romance at us. Um, I especially don't want them to bring any of that Henry Jr. nonsense uh-uh. up here. Um, no, no. Um, we had a little argument about this with um, our dear producer Andy on the episode we recorded for charity. And no, Andy and I are pretty much in agreement over this. We don't want any of that star-crossed lovers shit with... No. No, no. Nope. We're we're sorry, but no. Yolanda can do better. She doesn't need any of that in her life. She has learned her lesson not to mess around with trash boys. She's done. Goodbye. We're moving on. Exactly. Um, and we will be much better for it. And I think the show is much better for not being too romance heavy or whatever. Um, the only sort of romance we've seen has been between the parents, and it hasn't been I over. Know. And yeah. that's actually been really cool to see, like, those uh, those villains also be, like, romantic. I thought that was just so interesting. Right. And I even think Sportsmaster and Tigress appreciated their date night as it was. I mean, what else do you want to do for a date night other than kick ass? That's right. the perfect date night. Kick ass together. As yeah. a well-oiled team. Um, so yes, I think what this episode should be called Angie and Lucy eat crow and take back what they said about Sportsmaster and also we're old. Um, we're so old. We are so old. So please kids, JSA 2.0, respect Pat or else. Yeah.
basically. I think that's it. I think I mean, I'm done with I mean, the podcast. That's the, that's the only thing. I'm sorry. Like, I would have added on, but there's nothing more to add on. It's just respect Pat or else, like, period. There's nothing else to say because that's our man right there. And we will not tolerate it. Exactly. So you can visit stargirlpodcast.com for all the latest news about the Stargirl show. And you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Stargirl Podcast as well. As you can see, we're much better at answering on Twitter, but we will be checking the email, I promise. You can subscribe to Stargirl Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. And while you're on Apple Podcasts, hit us up with some five-star reviews so we can continue to hide that one-star review from that dude. <laughs> from that person uh don't forget that we are part of the dc tv podcast network with podcasts for all the dc shows at dctvpodcast.com you can follow the network on social media at dc tv podcast on facebook twitter and instagram and last please subscribe to our mega feed on apple podcast or radio and google play we also have our own t public store so if you're interested in dc tv related gear uh click on the link in the show notes and get some awesome stuff because it does help support the network so we can continue to make these podcasts and if you have any questions or thoughts about star girl you can email us at stargirlpodcast at gmail.com on the episode that hasn't come out yet that we recorded for charity we did go through the email account and read them um, on air and, and addressed some of the comments in there. We have both now put the email on our phone, so we will be a lot more responsive to the emails. But for sure, the easiest way to talk to me and Lizzie would be on Twitter at Stargirl Podcast. Bye. Bye.